Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Dom time. Welcome in. So uh, Janet Yellen will play for you. Boy, you know, the Biden administration just doesn't get it. She is one of the worst representatives to have out there. I'm not sure if this one was in Pittsburgh or not. I know she's been in Pennsylvania. Talking about the economy, talking about inflation. I'll play this in a moment, and it's just another tactic they're using. This is one of the worst to try to tell us, don't believe your eyes. Don't believe what's in front of you when it comes to inflation. So just to recalibrate, because there's so much stuff here with President Trump in these trials... A judge has denied the immunity claims, etc., and the trial looks like it will go forward on March 25th. This is in the Stormy Daniels case, which, uh, with Alvin Bragg, etc., now trying to make that an election interference case, that dog won't hunt. We know what it is. The country is seeing that. It's embarrassing. There'll be embarrassing details. But... Uh, the bottom line is, I think that's already been litigated as far as qualifications to be president, etc. The trial with Fannie Willis is startling. I, I told you this uh, analyst on MSNBC, MSNBC, often on CNN, says it's over for Fannie Willis and the Trump case because a witness today who apparently was a friend of Willis said, essentially, the affair began way back in 2019, even though Willis and I believe Wade have testified to something much later than that. That's big legal trouble if all this plays out. And it destroys the credibility of this case, and there's going to be turmoil in that office. So I'm here to say that the Willis case, officially at this moment, in Fulton County, either will never happen or it will happen after the election. That's what's going to play out here. Never or after the election. We might want to get uh, Greg Jarrett back on, Dan, tomorrow. Maybe even today, you know, later in the show, if he's got a moment. I'm sure he's going to agree with that. Now, the Stormy Daniels case looks like it is going to go forward. Then you have the two Jack Smith cases, all right? So things are starting to uh, take shape here as far as the Trump uh, legal situation. But the, uh, the case here with Willis, I think, is essentially over.
All right, so here's Janet Yellen. Every time this woman speaks, she is she must be a genius behind the scenes because she is in a bubble and has no sensibility toward what the average person is facing. I, you saw what happened in New York. I'm not here to say, hey, I was right. Immigration is not as strong of an issue as inflation. But I still believe if I were on the line, I'm going after this guy on inflation. And Dan, tomorrow I will be in the company of Bob Casey Jr. I'll be doing Inside Story. He's going to be on before me. I don't think we'll be in the green room together. And guess what uh, we're going to be talking about? I think he will, too. Sh- shrinkflation and greedflation. Oh, man. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Can I bring a, a, a bag of potato chips with me or a Snickers bar? It's funny here as I'm munching on the Snickers bar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen to Janet Yellen. And this is really preposterous how bold this woman is, Secretary of the Treasury, genius, about what she's saying. Yeah, inflation is a real thing. Oh, good. You finally admitted it. But here's Yellen. Are you and President Biden happy with where inflation is right now? Well, look, we know that Americans are experiencing um, discomfort because some important prices are um, higher than they were pre-pandemic. But what I think is really important is that wages have gone up along with prices. So people are better off um, than they were pre-pandemic. Okay, Dan, a couple things. Have wages gone up as much as uh, the baked-in 19% inflation approximately of Biden? I don't think anybody would agree with that. But two, if you're the incumbent, do you really want someone saying you're better off than you were four years ago? Well, in this case, pre-pandemic. Do you really want that to be the case? How many people are going to say, oh, I'm really better off than I was before Bidenomics? You don't want that. Remember Ronald Reagan with Jimmy Carter? Just ask yourself, are you better off than you were four years ago? And Carter's shrinking right there in front of him. You know, very few people are going to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know if they would say that with Trump, but they wouldn't go wild. In this one, they're going wild. Janet Yellen, they're better off than they were pre-pandemic. Who out there is better off due to these policies than you were (laughs) pre-pandemic? Wherever she goes, they ought to shut her up. Well, you know, let her talk. If I had an interview with her, I just would roll the ball out there, hold my breath if she weren't in studio, and just let her talk for 20 minutes. You get some of the most damaging out in a bubble. Prices have not, I mean, uh, wages have not gone up nearly as much yet. That means, Dan, you'd be making 20%, 19% more uh, than you were when Biden started to match inflation. I don't know too many people that are making 19% more under Bidenomics. I like to keep going down with the same narrative of, oh, there, there are people out there, it's a Republican narrative that yeah. the economy is so bad, but the economy is great if people are honest with themselves. I have not met one person who thinks that they're better off in 2024 than they were four years ago, five years ago. It's No, the economy is in a horrible, horrible state. I, I don't know where they're getting this from. Even the employment numbers. Now, I don't like the guy. The guy's got a lot of baggage, but Stephen Miller is a brilliant guy, served with President Trump. I, I don't want to go into the baggage. He's got baggage. He was on with Laurie Ingram last night. I'm not going to bore everyone with the final figures. I have them. But the point he was making is the 
unemployment numbers are much better for people that are here illegally, so-called migrants. They're the people getting employed, undercutting the American worker. People know that. It's not that every American out there has a great job due to Bidenomics and all this spending. Not at all. And the wages have not kept up. You would have to be 19% or so every year to be keeping up with this. Uh, can the jobs numbers be seen as a reflection of a bad economy, too, as people have to take multiple jobs to try to make ends meet? Uh, I was going to go with that next. Thank you, Your Honor. Yes, uh, Janet Yellen, your response? Oh, well, uh, they're both good jobs. Uh, you're happy working. You're better off than you were pre-pandemic. That's a question we'd love to be asking people if you're in the Trump camp. Are you better off now than you were? Don't even say the Trump years. Just say four years ago. You know, that, that Ronald Reagan line, which was so devastating. This woman is a wrecking crew for their side. And she's their go-to, the Secretary of Treasury. I'm not sure if they see that or not, but that's a ridiculous comment. All right, the testimony has resumed with the uh, prosecutor, the investigator, Wade, who can't seem to recall too much at all. I think he's going through about uh, five uh, bottles of water. Environmental note, I thought they don't like plastic on yeah, the Yeah, what happened side. to that? That's like, and there's like yeah. three sitting right in front of him right I've now. never seen anybody in the witness stand. Usually it's more dignified. You drink a glass of water. Here, this guy's just going through bottle after bottle here, you know? And he's just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't recall. I'm not here to jump into some salacious bedroom situation. It, um, from a different way, but this question is not substantively different than those that have already been asked and answered in the information that he's seeking. All right. Um, Mr. Gill, uh, I'll allow maybe this question one more, but uh, I think you are asking it in a different way, and I'll ask you to stick to the point. All right. Now, as of May the 30th, and may, may, may I answer the question that I uh, – okay, thank you, Ron. On, as of May the 30th, 2023, you had had sexual relations with Ms. Willis. Isn't that correct? The, the interrogatory, sir, asks during the course of the marriage and the period of separation. Excuse me. My response, Your Honor, I would ask that the court direct the witness to answer my question, yes or no. As of May the 30th, 2023, had you or had, had you had sexual relations with Ms. Willis? Yes, Mr. Mr. Gillen, if, let's start with... Uh, at the higher level, whether he, he believes he answered it truthfully, and then we can get, drill down into why okay. or why not he doesn't. And maybe we'll end up exactly where you left us. All right. So a lot of this dates, but it seems to be today. The big takeaway here, 2019. And this guy going on, I'm a lawyer. I don't like the interrogatory. It's not going to fly ultimately here. And when you see this, this destroys her office credibility, her credibility, and this it could even be legal. There probably will be against both of them here. I mean, I saw the stuff they were charging, Dan. I'll say allegedly. It's, I've seen it in, in the news. Uh, trips to Aruba aboard a cruise. I'm, what the hell is How long can she be away from her office? Then another cruise on top of that. All with taxpayer money put in to investigate Trump, allegedly. So this case is not even going to start till after the election, if it ever does. And the Alvin Bragg case, again, the broad strokes of it, Stormy Daniels and all, we've litigated this. I, I don't see a win there with Alvin Bragg. We've already gone through this prior to the election. Trying to make it election interference versus a bribe to shut Stormy Daniels up, I don't see is going to change it. By the way, speaking of Stormy Daniels' attorney, Avenatti, 
have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman. I remember, Dan, I was doing Morning Drive when we were watching that and playing that with Clinton. Oh, man, at WWDB. Yeah, that would have been fascinating. Oh, my God. Miss Lewinsky, yeah. the way he said Miss Lewinsky at the end. Yeah. And I got on Lucy Ann Goldberg, who talked about the blue dress and how she had it with all the stainage on there, so to speak. Relations was, with that woman. It was crazy. Lewinsky. My co-host of sorts went after Lucy Ann Goldberg, which resulted in listeners going, you can imagine. You get that big of a guest on. And Lucianne Goldberg hung up. We couldn't take wow. a call for the next four hours because of people threatening everything because of, you know, forcing her to hang up. I sat there calmly, not after the show, though. You got to guess that big. And it's my show, and you're sort of the, you know, ride along. Yeah, you, you can't do that. And you get her to hang. At the, this was at the height of it. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh, my goodness. You're the one that's being obnoxious with this stuff. Now, I asked you a legitimate okay, question. Okay, thanks a lot, Don. Go ahead and answer. Okay. Yeah, at least, you hung up. I didn't hang up. At least okay. that was justified. You didn't do it. Now, see, Dan, if you had done it when I got him on there. And we had 19 people listening to that on podcast in South Africa. That's how hot that interview was. All right. So what's happening here is it's coming down to, and this is where uh, Trump, you know, Jack Smith, Let's let's be fair. This, this guy is a top-notch, all-out Trump hater prosecutor, and the judge is the harshest judge in the January 6th stuff. They have the home court advantage on the January 6th case in Washington. The Mar-a-Lago case, we have what's happened with Biden now in his handling of classified documents. That's going to bleed into it, and that case is in Florida with a judge who I think is more friendly to Trump. So I, I will give it this. At the end, the silver lining in all these big legal cases is we're actually going to have a substantial case battle here. And that's going to be on January 6th of the whole matter. Problem for Jack Sullivan, we've said this many times, Jack Smith, is how do you prove the backdrop of motivation toward riot or, or to motivation toward insurrection when no one's been charged with insurrection? We come back to this again and again and again. And Smith is just trying to move heaven and earth to get this case to start in May. Hard to predict whether it will or not. We still have the immunity uh, with the Supreme Court. At any point, they could say, no, we're not taking the case. Or they could say, this is... uh, Qualified presidential immunity, it doesn't apply to this. And then we're off to the races. Big battle today over whether or not Trump can sit for this trial in March. And the argument is, so far, he doesn't have any other cases scheduled for March. My God. Oh, 855-839-1210. Who out there is better off than they were four years ago? And we've got a great side question today. Thanks to Dan. I had little to do with this. Clara Bow, It Girl Day. The movie debuted 1927. Give us an it person over the course of time. Um, let's, go to, um, let's go to Jack in Cherry Hill. And I think this one's true. At one point, it's shocking. I don't know how, but I think it's true. Hey, Jack, who's yours? Uh, Ed Sullivan. Explain. Well, he, don't forget, he was on for years. On a Sunday night, 8 o'clock, everybody used to sit down and tune in. He, he, was, he was the first one that uh, brought the uh, Beatles to the United States. Yep. He had Elvis Presley. Yep. 
I mean, you had a multitude, one after another. Well, I mean, if you if you made it onto the Ed Sullivan show, that was your premier. Uh, what do you call it? Opening to society, and they picked up from there. He was, uh, like I said, he was he was the guy. That is so well put. It's shocking given how creepy the presentation. And who was the recurring act that was so big? Topo Jibo. <laughs> who? <laughs> Topo, Topo Jeepo, yeah. <laughs> Look that one up, Dan. Topo Jeepo. Yeah. It was and an animal used, he, he, And, and then when, when, when they had some space in between the big acts, they used to come in and they had these people that would fly around on the stage and all. Yeah, yeah. Dan, great answer, Jack. You, you answer. sold it well. That was I like the way he did it, too. Great sell, Yeah, you too. introduced, I think he introduced Elvis. They didn't show him from uh, below the waist, though, Dan. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was uh, Ed Sullivan. You're not doing that on the Ed Sullivan Oh, come show. on. Why? Yeah. Is the way his hips would twist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And he did introduce the Beatles. That's pretty big. Those are pretty big marks. That's a pretty big it. He was it. Not the Beatles and Elvis. Some uh, a shot. Some couple, a couple good ones coming in on Twitter, Dom. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Aurelius. It girl and creepy porn lawyer Michael Avenatti. Yes, uh, Stormy Daniels. But you know what? I think he held his own against Tucker Carlson when he was so? on with him. I was shocked at how good he was. Yes. I mean, just think of the baggage he has. He's a porn lawyer. He's got all kinds of nonsense. Tucker Carlson's show. I think he handled it. I'm sitting there thinking of Bob and Weaving. I'm being honest. I think it was a draw. And remember when he was actually proposed as like a presidential candidate? He did run, I think. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah. Um, Riley Gaines from uh, Leslie Fisher Pine. And one more, Dom. Right here in Philadelphia, in the realm of weather, John Belaris. Yes. The it guy of Philadelphia weather. Who may or may not be a listener because he tweets well, stuff he does, at hey, us. John. Yeah. So uh, he might be listening. Call in and tell us what. I just saw he's still predicting weather. The yeah. snowstorm the other night. Dan, you had to be there. NBC 10 was right down the hall from us. We were in this old building over on City Line. And uh, they were breaking into all kinds of shows. Massive snow, apocalyptic stuff. And then it was barely there. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Tom Giordano Show, yeah, definite uh, it girl. 
AT&T and Verizon Wireless. You just push pound 1210. Uh, you know what we're seeing play out today, too? Testimony in Congress. We'll, we'll have more on it. I have to parse it a little bit. But CDC officials dismissing vaccine injuries. Oh, my. You know, they, they just they just will not admit there there is a great dilemma was a great dilemma. Males 15 to 19 myocarditis versus getting COVID. And they're saying in this testimony, CDC official, how overblown this is. One of them, Dan, you'll find it on Grabian if you get you'll see the guy uh, actually said it was much lower. The risk of myocarditis, inflammation, of the heart with those that were vaccinated than those that remained unvaccinated is the argument. So they're, they're still fighting the battle. And I can't tell you that I know that we've won the battle with the greatest majority of people. Certainly, we haven't won it officially where it's etched in stone on all these debates that happen about COVID. I mean, you may hear and you may, you know, Roe even said it to me today. Well, you know, we're not going to do that again. Something of that nature. We learn from that. Yeah, but the people that actually have power and might be able to turn it on and off, they haven't learned from it. They might do it again. What what safeguards have been put into play? Do you have that, Dan? No, I don't. Okay. All right. Whenever you get it, you'll see it's um, a male, then a female testifying, saying the male saying that uh, myocarditis is lower in those that, uh, did get vaccinated than those that didn't. It's a misnomer. There were not a lot of vaccine injuries, et cetera. Uh, here you go. Okay. All right. Here, here's some of the testimony. Uh, it's Dr. Daniel, Jer- Daniel Jer- Jernigan. Jernigan. I think uh, I've Dr. heard that. Jer- yeah. Jernigan, could you explain how the detection of these cases reflects the effectiveness of CDC's vaccine safety surveillance system? Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it, these indicate that the process works. You mentioned the TTS associated with the J&J vaccine. Uh, the systems have been able to pick up myocarditis and show that the risk of getting myocarditis is much lower among those vaccinated than among those that uh, uh, were unvaccinated. It's even a system that we've been able to pick up signals that turn out not to be signals. So mm-hmm. they call ischemic stroke can occur, mm-hmm. and we picked up a signal, but when we continued to follow it, it went away. So we get signals that sometimes are there, sometimes aren't, but it allows us to see things early so that we can act quickly and change recommendations when needed. All right. So, um, again, this, this is going. We're still fighting this stuff. We're still going down this path on any number of these things. Uh, maybe the one where there's closest to consensus is we kept kids out of school too long because of the burden on parents, because of what we're still seeing from that. Maybe there's consensus. Well, look who the people in charge, progressives and Randy Weingarten, they would do it again if we're hit in that situation. They wouldn't blink. They would do it again because they haven't suffered. What's been the reckoning? What happened to people who were wrong on this? Now, you could argue, well, Fauci is out of public office, public life. Uh, You could argue that was a reckoning. I don't see too much reckoning on this. 
and people that were blatantly wrong blatantly abused their power. That's what scares me the most. Is yeah. There's been no reconciliation for those people who right. w- would look at their coworkers in disgust. Yes. Uh, or the bosses that would keep their employees out of the office because they right. refused to get vaccinated. Like, like These are all questions that we need answered. I'm happy that they're finally talking about myocarditis carditis in a, right. you know, a hearing like this, but... Like, for the longest time, even if you brought up that term, you were silenced instantly. That If there's any relation to this to the virus. It, it's crazy to me to think that, you know, we, we, we haven't reconciled as a society what we went through and to make sure that we don't go through it the same way. We, we did it horribly. We got to be honest with ourselves. We handled it horribly. How do we hmm. make sure if this happens again, we handle it better in the future? There ought to be a national commission on that. There ought to be people that recommend scientifically after duking it out Here's what we report is the fact that we learned from that. We haven't had it. Now, my go-to, second to none, I'm not going to recommend. I mean, Dan, you know what this stuff does, though, too. You know who it helps? He's got a niche because he's articulate, knowledgeable on this. I'm not saying he's right on everything. RFK Jr. It allows him to be out there bringing stuff like this up, and he's able to sell it. And it may, it gives him and, you know, it's the name and the vaccine stuff that put him on the map. He's going to be a force. Okay, coming up, we're honored when we uh, get you some big guests that asked us to come on. We're going to talk with the uh, state senator, Kim Ward, who is the pro tem, I think that's the proper term, the leader of the Senate, uh, about what's going on here with Josh Shapiro, the budget. But I got a bunch of other things too that are timely that we'll ask her about, and we'll take more of your calls. Dom Giordano program has uh, been with us before. Senate President Pro Tempore of the Pennsylvania Senate and first woman in history to serve as the president of the uh, state Senate in Harrisburg and majority leader Kim Ward with a lot to uh, talk about here on Talk Radio 1210. State Senator, welcome in. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, I re- appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Thank you for having me. Well, um, we have seen, I mean, I've had a few um, in-person debates with Josh Shapiro that started out mildly. I was just auctioneering an event that my wife asked me to do, and we got into it. So I realized the difficulty. This guy is uh, slick, maybe too slick for the room, though, with this budget. You seem to, in the criticism of it, it's the money, but it's also a lot of it is ceding control to the executive with this budget. Yes. I mean, the first, to your first point, the independent, I stress independent fiscal office says this doesn't add up. It might add up for this year, but there's no nothing in the budget, no increases in the budget beyond this year not even accounting for cost of living and um, other items that just go up with inflation. But more importantly, he is counting on money from programs that are not, not part of the government. They may never be part of the government. We haven't even really talked about recreational marijuana. There may not even be the appetite for it. I don't know. He put a, a tax on skill games at 42%. I don't know what the number is. None of us do. And he just pulled these numbers out of the air and said, here's what it's going to be. So his numbers do not add up. And further to your second point, yes, you know, taking uh, transportation money and putting it into uh, just putting it straight into a fund that there is no accountability, no formula, 
that takes away control from the legislature. He's asking for, I think, $280 million more million for mass transit. Well, if that money, if, if that money is agreed upon, needs to go into a pot where there is accountability and a formula to make sure that every, you know, every area is, is getting something based on whatever they'd like to use. Maybe it's a per capita, whatever. And also with the higher education issue, taking the, uh, the uh, non-preferreds, which are Temple, Pitt, Penn State, Lincoln, uh, and putting that money into a, a pot that will be controlled by the administration, by the education department, goes to the legislature. Again, you know, they could do what they want with that money. That is, we, that's taking a voice away from the people okay. who put us, the legislators, in All place. right, you're sitting there. Let me put you in the place, too. As I said, I, I've observed this guy, as you know, from state rep. I had him on then, then the head of the commissioners out of Montgomery County, then attorney general. All the way, I've seen the actions. But he threw the challenge down to you, and I'm wondering how the response is saying, hey, we overtaxed essentially, took too much money, I think he said, uh, Senator Ward, from the taxpayers, and it's not a political badge of honor not to spend it. We need to spend it to help them. Isn't that the thrust of what he's saying here? It is. And he can, what he's saying, though, is does it make, make sense because it doesn't add up, right? So he's saying at the end of this year, we're still going to have $11 billion. Okay, so what about next year? And what about the year after that? It is continued spending without the continued amount of revenue, as I pointed out earlier, from the independent fiscal office saying no-go. It's a no-go. All right. You mentioned the uh, marijuana. I have to say, if we polled our listeners, adult use of marijuana, I think there'd be a slight lead at this point for Pennsylvania to do it. And I think your argument is, well, the federal government doesn't allow it. Is that the argument? And that's why you couldn't be for it? No, 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 no. What I'm saying about marijuana, and yes, it's true, the feds don't allow it, but I do understand they may move it from a Schedule 1 to a Schedule 3. But the point in the budget is it's not passed. We don't have a tax Mm -hmm. on it. We don't know what that revenue will be, and we don't know that it will be passed because we haven't had a serious discussion about it, and the governor put some money from it in this year's budget. And we don't know what that tax is. In some areas, okay. California, Colorado, you tax them, and then if it's too high, the black market takes over anyway. So, uh, I understand that. I, I agree with you on that point, though. Uh, what's your thought, though, since this has come up? Do you feel constituents? I mean, you're the majority leader across the state. Do you think Pennsylvania's ready for it? Is there polling that's going to be done? What do we know? You know, I think there was some polling done. Um, throughout the state by the industry a year or so ago into different areas. I think, you know, I I hear both sides of it. I do. I I was saying, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, maybe in five years we'll be at the age where, you know, a lot of folks smoked marijuana, the age of Woodstock. Um, And maybe that has an opportunity uh, to pass at that point. But I do hear a lot also from, the uh, drug rehabilitation industry, I've heard from numerous ones, saying mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's, it's not good. So, I, I, you know, we will be having those discussions for sure. 
and we'll see where the legislature falls in it. There'll be so much lobbying going on, but that won't get done in a month or two. It, that is, that's a process. Yeah, that's I hear process, you. Right? Exactly. Now, um, Josh Shapiro, Governor Shapiro, to minimum wage. I just read an interview, I think, this morning, et cetera. What's the feeling on where the minimum wage is? And I think he settled on $15 an hour, but I guess more possible. What are you thinking on that? So I'm going to begin with, I, I don't know anybody making minimum wage here in Pennsylvania. Just going to get that out there. But secondly, I do believe we get that. At some point this year, we get that done. I don't know that it's $15 an hour that fast. It might be smoothed out. It might not be $15 an hour. But I do believe that we move something on minimum wage this year. I think the support is there to get it done. It's probably, you know, you go to the manufacturers, you go to the libraries, you go to some of the social services. They're not for this boom, we're at $15 an hour. Because I don't even think uh, the non, you know, some of the, some of the social services and the libraries, they pay 10 or $11 an hour. So to force them to 15 is it's a, in a year is a, a big, a big leap. I uh, wanted to ask you too about school choice. You were on with us before and you've been a champion thorough on this, thought you had a deal. Well, you did have a deal with them. There is no doubt. You've talked yeah, about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was some personal stuff back and forth uh, along gender lines, even I think about criticism of you that was ridiculous. Oh, and, yeah. And look, the guy's running for president. He's been running for it since I know yeah. him. So this would be a feather yeah. in the cap. It's a win-win. Yet Democrats keep on holding on to a leaky roof and maybe a one-vote majority in the House, and they're waiting around that. So what's the latest? I mean, this is one of the most Byzantine games of something that, even John Shapiro knows deep down the, the well, all God's children that line. So where are we? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, that is something that I am pretty firm. I am very firm in as we redo the education funding that that is included because you know as the governor says, every child. Well, every child includes those that would do better somewhere outside of their failing school. So um, I'm I'm firm in. Uh, trying to get that done this year. I also saw the governor said somewhere yesterday, my caucus is ready. Your caucus, governor, doesn't come to work. Your caucus <laughs> will go into session. So Sorry. how do you know your caucus is ready? They don't go to work. Um, well, you know, well, well, while while you're here, I, I want to slow down, too. I'm yeah. glad the way you phrase yeah. that, too, because uh, I, I do a couple of other shows that are more mainstream and, and people poo-poo me. When I mock this leaky roof thing, they seem to think it's a real thing. Tell us about it. Yeah. So it's been there since 2022. I find it extremely convenient that the time they choose to fix it is when they're down, when they don't have the majority any longer. They could fix that. It's been there. They could fix it. They could have fixed it at another time. But the, my point being that it's just one reason after another why they can't go to work. They're paid $106,000 a year. Leaders make more, and they don't go to work because they don't have the majority. And that is a problem. And when the governor says, my caucus is ready, where was your caucus and where were you, governor, when we were trying to get this budget done last year? You threw your hands up and walked away and said, well, the House and the Senate have to figure it out. I'll sign it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know. 
Yeah, that's uh, where we are. A- any thoughts, um, Pro Temp, on the issue of special elections and uh, what you think happened with this one over in Bucks County and the others? I know a Republican resigned in the House, uh, and there'll be a special election there. Are these mainly, in your view, safe districts, or what is yeah. it? What is it? Republicans though have to do to do better. We got big, big elections coming up. What's the issue for you? You're right in the center of this. Well, we have to have the, the Democratic Party wants to spend money, right? Spend, spend, as you saw from the budget. In order to have that money, to spend that money, we need to have businesses here that employ people and that pay taxes. And we have a terrible regulatory climate. It's one of the worst in the country. We lose. I heard the governor go, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of losing to Ohio. Okay, Ohio, number one, is straight red. But Ohio, you can get a permit there in no time flat. When we lost a U.S. steel plant here a year or two ago to Arkansas, Arkansas, Asia Hutchison, the U.S. senator, said we had that plant up and running before Pennsylvania could issue a permit. And that is a problem. And I did not hear the governor say a word about our regulatory environment that's holding back business. You know, he said we're going to – when he first got in, he said, we're going to give you your money back if you don't have your permit in, what was mm-hmm. it, three weeks or three months? They don't want their money back. They want their permit. <laughs> they want Well, well let me ask build. you, well, what's your sense? Because, look, I'm the biggest critic of Shapiro, as I told you, but on stuff like this and cutting red tape because it gives him that image, he's pretty good. What's so hard to cut the red tape then? It's a bureaucracy, and, it, and you have to have a lot of uh, – one want to get something done to go in there and break up that bureaucracy. And that's what he needs to do. I didn't hear a word about that. And it is really probably the single most issue that Pennsylvania is facing when it comes to recruiting business. We did uh, lower our CNIT. It continues to be uh, dropped, although the governor during the campaign said he was going to drop it to 4.99, you know, in two years. But that I didn't hear him talk about that either. Um, You know, it's our, it's our business climate. If we had, if we would open up right now, the governor, right now, the governor could stop appealing the regional green gas yes. house initiative. Tell, tell us about that, too. Uh, yeah, tell us about that, the impact on that. Back here where I am, I know across the state, Marcellus Shale, I'm conversing with that. Uh, tell us what the impact of that is. The impact is that consumers are presently, even presently, because of the, the uh, are paying higher rates for their electricity. Because the electric companies or power companies come in once a year, they have to get their, you know, to ask and request their rate increases, and they're assuming that Reggie is passed. So the Commonwealth Court, we, we filed a suit, the legislature, saying that a governor cannot unilaterally, he cannot tax, and this is a tax. Reggie is a tax and um, on the businesses, on um, fossil fuels, because there's a big war on fossil fuels, as you know. And so... Commonwealth Court agreed that it is not they the governor did not have the authority to do that. And then Governor Shapiro appeals it. Well, he's you know, he kind of says he talks both ways and he appealed it. If he would drop that appeal right now, you would see some you would see jobs come back and you would see hopefully not higher electric rates, maybe even lower electric rates. That one one issue has raised electric rates. It has, and there he is, you know, appealing it to keep that authority, to keep that power that, yes, 
a governor can do a tax without the legislature. Well, thank you so much uh, for uh, asking us to uh, carve out some time. You're welcome here anytime, President, and uh, continued you. on this. And particularly this uh, school choice thing uh, has to be done. And getting the roof finally to be fixed. Will there be a oh, ribbon? Yes. Will there be a ribbon cutting when the roof is fixed? <laughs> I don't know. I'd like to broadcast but, under it. I have buckets. We can put them alongside me. That would be quite a picture. And, and who knows what will be next in the chamber if yet another Democrat <laughs> needs to step aside. They'll have to find something else is broken in there. Oh, nicely but, put. Thanks, President Kim Ward. Thank you very much for joining you. us. All right. Thank uh, you. President, Bye-bye. President Bye-bye. of the Senate, Kim Ward, who I can tell is a tough talker there. <laughs> Oh, God. Do I detect a cigarette voice there at times? You know, it reminds me of Joan Krajewski, you know, uh, former city councilwoman. Uh, yeah, what else will they break? All this time, well, the roof has to be fixed. Look, uh, Dan, uh, Shapiro got 95 back up and running. And I commend him for that, right? And what, was it eight days, 12 days, something like that? This is a roof. What do you do? What, yeah, what, yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, how, how does he fix an entire highway, but he can't get a roof fixed? Yeah, can you imagine? You didn't hear what she said. Well, what else? Well, you know, uh, maybe they'll get Bowman, the congressman from uh, New York, who'll come in and pull some fire alarms around the clock, so they can't vote then either. Oh, coming up after the break, I got something new from Bowman from Dan Time, if you want it. All right, yeah. Bowman and Dan Time, that's straight ahead here. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's Dan Time. I can handle things. I'm smart. I'm like everybody says. With Dom. That's right, it's that time of the afternoon. Producer Dan takes over the Dom Giordano program for some Dan time with Dom. And you heard Dom mention before the break, Mr. Fire Alarm himself, Jamal Bowman, who is back in the news alongside another favorite Democratic politician in the Dom Giordano program, Hank Johnson, Dom. (laughs) Yeah, together they decided yesterday to announce what they're calling the Hip Hop Task Force. Dom, take a listen. Hip Hop is not just music. It's not just an art form. It's a culture with a multi-billion dollar economy, but we haven't harnessed the power of it yet to make transformative change in legislation. And I'm thrilled to be part of a task force that supports that bridge building. By focusing on congressional policies that safeguard the rights and interests of artists, producers, and fans alike, we will not only honor hip-hop's significant contribution to our cultural landscape, but also ensure that its vibrant legacy is preserved and respected. Well, I'm going to know, Dan, sorry to interrupt, oh, but go I, ahead. I got this line in my head. All right, when he was asking the Admiral, those 8,000 people going to the island of Guam... Yeah, my, my fear is that uh, the whole island will uh, become so overly populated that it will tip over <laughs> and... Uh, and capsize. Well, I'm asking, uh, I would retort, so if we had a hip-hop festival in Atlantic City of 50, 100,000 people with that island, or archipelago, whatever Atlantic City is, <laughs> might it tip over into the Atlantic Ocean? You know, there's a Barefoot Music Country Festival on the island of Wildwood. Yeah, I'd watch that know, one. I wouldn't want to be in Wildwood. I told Ro, avoid, avoid, avoid. If you have any kind of big music concert, we might tip over. But in all seriousness, Dom, it's just another example of the Democrats being able to innovate, uh, capture, you know, bigger voting bases and such. Yeah. I don't know. I just look at things like this and I wonder why aren't Republicans doing, I I don't know. I don't think it's Uh. a horrible idea, the Hip Hop Task Force, but what what they were essentially saying in that press conference is, you know, Hip Hop Task Force to advance congressional ideals, maybe some Ukraine songs, Ukraine rap songs coming out soon. 
Uh, to that point, Dan, about Democrats, yesterday we revealed first in radio, I think, anyhow, about the couch people over in Bucks County. Yeah. This uh, Democrat front group. Guess who I saw is following me today on Twitter? The uh, head of that Democrat front group. And since she's following Ooh, me, I think we'll, we'll have to definitely ask her to come on the show. If you're listening, we'd love to have Yeah, you. we'd love to have I think it's Ava is, is the name, or so, or something like that. Yeah, since you're more than she welcome on. Following me on Twitter, knows all about me. Come on the show. We can do it on a couch. We can bring a couch over and feature well, it. Well, I don't know if I want to promise that. That's a lot of work. Uh, I'll, I'll handle that. I mean, we can feature it for the next, you know, this couch was sat upon by Dan Borowski and Dom Giordano. I'm sure Democrats... We'll be lining up for that. <laughs> They'd call in Charlie Gasparino's 1,000 punches per yeah. day to move that couch for us. As long as I don't get a pedicure. I'm not signing up for that. No, come on. You got it. Oh, God. That is disgusting. Yeah, no. No, yeah. It's, not, it's not disgusting. Why is it disgusting? Oh, they they drain the water after every foot they, they do. What's you know? next? Nail polish after that? They put on gloves, eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would put... No. You go for the comfort. You go for the relaxation, Dom. You don't have to get nail polish. They don't, they don't even ask. All right, continue. Any more Dan time? No, that's all I got for Dan time. Sorry, I'm out of time. All right, big 2 o'clock hour. We have Dom's Money Melody. A lot more stuff is uh, breaking, too, and a lot of people we're going to get to. Side question today, Clara Bow, the movie It debuted on this day. The It Girl. Who is an It Girl or Guy? Dom Giordano, weekdays noon till 3, from Talk Radio 1210, WPHD. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.